Welcome back to SpinCast, ladies and gentlemen. My name, once again, is Keegan, or Keegabyte. And today, I am joined by Arcadia Esports, Timothy Beloff, and Bill Rogers, two of the people representing that program. Uh, if you two would tell me a little bit about yourselves to our audience as well, so we can get to know you a little bit. Timothy, why don't you start us off? Sure, I'm uh, Timothy Beloff. I'm the director of esports uh, at Arcadia. Um, been in the position a little over a year now, and um, kind of... Uh, brainstormed the idea of doing this a uh, couple years back now and, and, and was able to get it kind of off the ground. Uh, I also hold the role of director of academic technology at the university and uh, I teach uh, a, a seminar at the university on video games. Well, that's awesome. How about you, Bill? What do you do for Arcadia Esports? Uh, my name is Bill Rogers. Uh, my in-game name is Lesimos. I um, am the assistant director of esports at Arcadia as well as the head Hearthstone coach. I have a pretty extensive career in the Hearthstone community. I've done some commentating, casting, worked for some tournament organizers there. Top 10 legend finish. Got to put that out there too. Um, nice. Yeah, proud of that one still. Still <laughs> holding on to that one. But yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Um, the assistant director job is my main, my main gig right now. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about about your program. How do you have it uh, set up? Because we know that a lot of other universities, they have it set up sometimes under the comp side program, uh, under athletics, sometimes it's just a student club. So how exactly is the uh, esports program at Arcadia University uh, organized and integrated into uh, the university curriculum as a whole? So I guess back in spring of 2018, it, we, we kind of got together, um, or there were some ideas of throwing around esports and, and a couple different people had started bringing it up. And it was one of the things that I brought up and I um, shopped the idea a little bit to our athletic director. And I said, hey, you know, what have you thought of? And he's like, well, you know, I, funny enough, it just kind of came up and, and the conversation kind of organically grew from there. Um, and we started to involve other people and planning sessions um, came about. We um, implemented an advisory board to help us to kind of come up with ideas and how this could potentially work, which includes uh, faculty, staff, students, uh, alumni students uh, from the institution. In fact, Bill was actually on that board uh, early on, um, which is how he kind of came, how him and I kind of came to know each other and, and uh, developed our relationship through, through that. Um, it eventually became, um, as an, uh, an official, you know, uh, proposal to the board and, and April of 2019, it was approved for us to begin uh, competition for the following academic year and it became a varsity level sport at that point. So we're, we're actually a varsity sport. Um, we report to athletics. We don't report uh, to student affairs or, or uh, it's not a club. So we chose to make it uh, an, uh, under athletics to kind of legitimize it. So those students would be seen as student athletes so that they are, um, subject to subjected to all the rules of the student athletes as well and they get kind of all the perks at the same time um so you know our our, our students have to maintain a 2.5 gpa um they have to you know have we have study hours we have all kinds of things that they kind of have to be uh relying on and in fact you know our our was our team gpa was what 3.2 this year so we're, we're pretty excited about that and um, we have a code of conduct um, that our, our uh, team all agreed on they, they actually we sat down together as a as a team and had them kind of outline that and, and brought that together so that's kind of our how, how, how we came about and, and where we kind of sit in the um, hierarchy of the institution 
Well, that's awesome because we have a lot of like there's there's I don't know how many other uh, academic institutions like their esports programs you talk to on a regular basis, but there's a whole lot of variance as to how they're set up. Uh, like I said, there's a ton of clubs. Some of them are under the comp size. Some of them are under student affairs. Uh, I saw one that was actually under the performing arts uh, section of it. Uh, so there's 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 a ton uh, of of difference out there. Now, do you feel as though as being uh, under the athletic department has given you any like unique advantages or um, disadvantages in any way? I'll take this one. I think that, I think there's a lot of unique advantages to being under the athletic department. One is that, you know, the athletic department, um, they get a lot of, they get a lot of resources in terms of like, we have um, strength conditioning coaches, like full-time strength conditioning coach for our athletic department. And we as an esports program also have access to that strength conditioning coach. We have access to um, full-time athletic trainers, nutritionists. I mean, you know, these are all things that we have the ability to utilize going forward. I mean, year one, it was very much, let's get competing. Let's get kids here. Let's get you know, student athletes involved. And then, you know, as we evolve, we can start utilizing those resources that we have where we wouldn't necessarily have those if we were part of another program. So uh, I think it's great once we start really utilizing those things. Yeah, it does yeah, seem like a lot of the schools that are um, under the, the athletic department really have um, a bit more resources in that form. Timothy, you were gonna say something. Yeah, I would say the resources is a huge thing. Um, you know, the, the athletic director really helped buy into the program and get, got a lot of buy-in in the program and, and, and kind of gave us some uh, of the ability to, to create and design and develop a, a pretty competitive esports arena that allows us to to really wow students when they come in and um, increase, you know, recruitment uh, potential for us. Um, we were asked to recruit a certain number of students and uh, for, for this coming uh, academic year for, for 2021. And we kind of knocked that out of the park in their mind and, and allowed us, you know, I think a lot of that revolves around the fact that they believe that much in us and provided us the space that um, allowed us to be able to grow into that. So we have, you know, a great partnership with them to be able to do those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess this kind of leads me back around to um, Bill. You touched on the fact that that you have nutritionists, uh, trainers, uh, everything um, that that a student uh, a student athlete would need to succeed. So how does the day of one of your student athletes look like? And more specifically, does it look like a typical student athlete uh, in a traditional sport, or is it a little bit more tailored on the esports side? Uh, and and also. Um, how do you encourage those players to keep up with their studies and health and welfare outside of those practice times? Yeah. So to kind of touch base on what you were saying with how is it compared to a normal athlete? So we have a lot of these resources and we're looking at the best way to utilize them. So right now um, our student athletes, it kind of, you know, mimics the regular student athlete schedule minus we probably don't lift as much as they would. <laughs> um, so, I mean, just the way it is right now. So, I mean, a normal student, a normal Arcadia esports athlete, you know, wake up, go to classes. We have open hours as well. So if they want to get in and maybe warm up before um, practice in the afternoon um, from 11 to three, we have open hours. So if they have a break between class, they can come in, utilize that space. It's open to the entire student body, but a lot of the time it's the esports athletes trying to get some extra work in. They'll come in. I'm there pretty much all the time. So I'm a resource for them if they need any help. Um, and then we'll go into practice in the afternoon. And then, you know, after practice, it's, I'd imagine hopefully homework time because that's a great time to get some work done before bed. Um, what I can say in terms of balancing academics, it's super important. I was a college athlete. I was a swimmer. I was also playing Hearthstone competitively. 
and I was, you know, in college. And a lot of that time spent at night was time for me to, you know, game and grind Hearthstone games. And I wish I had a practice time to kind of designate to say this is my Hearthstone time. And it would have opened up a lot of time in the afternoon for, for homework. And we really try and stress that. And for our students that are kind of, if they have trouble balancing these things, you know, they can meet with me and we put together a full schedule of like, this is when you're going to study. This is when we're going to have practice. And if they're not able to keep up with that, then we take out the practice. You know, you're not, you're not practicing, you're not competing. And so your grades are at a better level. And, you know, we haven't had to run into that too much, but it's totally, all of our coaches have an academic plan ready to, ready to pounce whenever we need it. So. Yeah, we, we monitor and track academics throughout the, the course of the semester to make sure that students are on track, on point. Uh, we have academic monitoring in place so that, again, that they're, they're, our coaches are all on top of the students to make sure that they're, they're doing what they need to do. Yeah, and it's a lot of times uh, what we see is, is if it's just in a club sense or if it's not in a varsity sense, you know, schools don't really have much of a power over their students to be able to be like, hey, you have to keep up with your academics. Uh, you, you have to keep up with your nutrition. You have to work out such and such and such. Um, and that's one of the big things that we're seeing come out of universities right now is how important it is to have these programs integrated into the university itself, like like from a uh, from an organizational standpoint, uh, rather than as a club, uh, because those things are so important to esports athletes. I mean, I'm sure you too have seen it. If a student is not eating healthily, uh, getting enough sleep, keeping a keeping a good work life balance, that their their performance probably starts to slip as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you see it time, day in and day out, like in, in any aspect of life. I mean, even if you go outside of the college setting and bring it to, you know, professional gaming setting, you know, even myself, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm not eating right, if I didn't get enough sleep, my win rate drops 3%. Like, actually, it's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll actually tangibly drop. And that's something we try and stress for, for these players. And it's been, it's been tougher with the changes we've had to make, to, you know, COVID restrictions and things like that. But um, we definitely try to be as – you know, as, as welcoming and, you know, mm -hmm. nurturing as possible to try and make sure that they're ready to go. And, and how is, how, how is the most recent global pandemic uh, affecting you guys? It, 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 it hurt a little bit up front in terms of the, the competition, the availability for competition. Um, but I think that's one of the things we were able to adapt to once, once that was kind of squared away, once we were allowed to continue to compete. Um, we were kind of lumped in, well, all athletics can't compete, so we're not going to compete. But um, knowing that the esports world can continue on virtually because that's what we do. We compete virtually. We're not competing in the same, same locations and stuff like that. So once organizations allowed that to continue to allow that to happen, um, and uh, once we were allowed to continue to do that, uh, we, didn't, I didn't, we didn't really see too much of an ill effect uh, other than having things having to be postponed and pushed back a little bit just because of those time delays mm -hmm. and and i can imagine that 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 the faculty uh behind or, or it's like uh the board members let's just say are really happy that they still have some kind of intercollegiate competition that they can still kind of put the students behind and be like hey go watch these guys play their match on twitch it's going to be great you, you still have someone to root for have you seen a noticeable like um uptick or downtick in viewers as a result of that or student support or um has there really not been much of a change so for us, we haven't, so going into the fall, into the spring, we didn't capitalize super hard on our, you know, our broadcasting and our Twitch channel and our things like that, because we really wanted to focus on making sure that everything else, we had all of our ducks in a row before we went live. Um, 
our space, I mean, you can see it in the background of Virginia mm-hmm. here is one of the, I think it's one of the top in the country. Uh, I'll go to bat for that. And I, mean, I really wanted, great. yeah, it's, it's amazing. I miss it so much. Actually, I haven't been in in months. So I feel I miss it, but I really wanted, and I think we all wanted our Twitch production, our Twitch broadcasting, our Twitch streams to match that value. And we see a lot of schools like, and this isn't, you know, not nothing bad against anything, but you know, they'll go live and it sounds like two kids talking through a walkie talkie from six yes. feet away. And it's like, <laughs> this is our esports production. And we didn't want to do that. So over this summer and into the fall, we're working on putting together kind of a full broadcast team. And we're working with, you know, the communications department and making sure that everything is super clean and super polished. So that's when we'll yeah, move we... more into the, we're streaming this now. Yeah, we started in the spring with uh, reaching out with our communication department because we cross-curricularly, this is important. Like we want to make sure our program ties in with other other areas of the institution, right? Of other of other uh, academic, you know, aims. So uh, our media communication department would be one of those ones that we were really working heavily with. And the goal was to try to get some stuff up in the spring. And obviously we wound up having to yeah. push that back and that didn't happen with everything that kind of occurred. But the goal was to really have that up and, and ready to go for the fall. So you know, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that that's uh, kind of, all locked in for, for the fall. Well, it's great that you guys are thinking ahead in that manner because I've, I've, I've looked at a bunch of collegiate streams. I'm not going to name names here, but I've looked at a bunch of collegiate streams and exactly like you said, Bill, it's like two people talking in walkie talkies from six feet away. It, it just, it just doesn't sound good. It doesn't look good. And it's, it's great that you guys are putting in uh, that, that initial effort uh, as, as a production manager myself, it's great that you guys are putting in uh, that initial effort to make sure everything looks good, sounds good, feels good. And it's also great that you're wrapping in, you know, as many different students and as many different departments into this as possible, because that's something that'll take your whole school and put them all behind you. And also, you know, they'll be able to add something to their resume in the future if they go into right. like a, a, any sort of broadcasting say, oh yeah, I used to do this on, on, on my school's uh, Twitch channel. It was really cool. You should check it out. And uh, quite frankly, uh, we really applaud you guys uh, for for doing that, uh, just getting as many students in there as possible. I do kind of want to circle back here a little bit, though, because you talked about the fact that you guys do actually go out and do actual recruiting. Um, this is something that, that's getting a lot more popular lately, uh, is we see colleges going out and recruiting high school students. Because as we all know, high school students, they can be amazing gamers and um, amazing esports athletes, even at the age of as young as... I mean, coming from a Rocket League background, 15, uh, it's, it's, it's quite insane what some of these kids can do. So how do you really kind of appeal to um, the kids to say, hey, come to Arcadia? And then also, how do you kind of convince the parents to, to, to support their students going to school on an esports scholarship? Because I can imagine there's a lot of stigma there with the parents. So I'll say one of the big things is, is just kind of the personalized communication that we offer. You know, I know Bill Spence is kind of tirelessly, you know, out there um, communicating with parents. We send plenty of information out. Um, I think one of our best features is getting them to campus so that a, they can see one, the space and see the, the, the uh, commitment that we put into that. Um, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that the commitment was obvious from, from the get go. But when that happens, when they come to campus, we have a kind of structured and routine in place um, uh, that, that allows them to, to feel like they're not just there to, to, we're not just there to sell them on playing video games at a, at a collegiate level. Like we're there to sell them on an academic experience. It's not, it's not, for us, it's not just about playing games. I mean, 
granted, we want to see competitive uh, players come in. We want to see, you know, we, we want to compete. We want to, we want to win, obviously, but we're looking to make sure that we have that kind of whole complete student come through. Um, and I think parents are really appreciative of that. We, we, we schedule uh, class visitations with our team members so that they can, that the student, when they come in, they're going to see an actual college class. So it's, it, we're full on are recruiting them as a traditional athlete, as opposed to just coming in and play a video game for us. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know if you wanted to kind of touch any more on that. Yeah. So my favorite part, so we have those visits, you know, campus visitation, they'll do a campus tour. They'll do, you know, like Tim said, class visits. And then I'll actually offer while the, you know, the students in, in classes, I'll offer like a sit down with just the parents because a lot of the times it's, it's the most, it's the funniest part of the whole thing because they'll sit down and they'll just be like, what is this dude? Like, what is going on? What, 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 who are you? And then I get to have, you know, a real conversation and say, you know, I'm, you know, I went to school here. I have a background in this and, you know, I really want to see this succeed. And they kind of see that we, we are invested in this and that it's a real thing and that we care about academics and that we don't want their kid to just come to college and then play video games for four years, and not learn anything. We're really keen on making this an all encompassing experience. And I think the parents can see that we're genuine in that. And like, that's always the hardest part is getting the parents to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. But once they have a conversation with someone who's knows what's going on, it, it helps a lot. So it, it goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, we'll we, we, we've gone to a couple of events where we've, we've uh, met with, with uh, high school students and their parents right there. And they, they come up to us cause we're, we're, we bring a team or whatever to a, a local competition. Um, I'll give a shout out to our Philly esports friends that uh, have, have set up some really great uh, um, competitions that we, we've been a part of. We hosted one uh, in February. It was kind of their, their last big event as well before the whole kind of lockdown occurred. But um, I, I, one in particular, I remember we, one of the, our, our current recruits that we're trying to, to get to come to Arcadia, we met with his, uh, his parents at this event and um, they, they, were, they were, had a lot of questions and it was just, it was great, you know, and, and, and they were so appreciative of, of me just spending time talking to them about about the whole process, about what it what it involves, and about the fact that we are very dedicated to making sure that they are seen as as true, you know, student athletes. You know that with that student being first. You know that's very important to us. Yeah, because we've heard a lot of well, tons of horror stories about um the about parents like if you don't get them in in the same room with you and sit them down and be like, hey. Here's a 50, 50 sheet slideshow of, of all the reasons why esports is good, why it's good for your kid if it's done correctly, and why it's an actual thing that's growing massively. And, uh, but we have seen that typically when schools are able to get parents into that room and have that conversation with them, it, very rarely are the parents so stigmatized at that point that they're like, uh, no, no, no way. No way is my kid going to school for esports. And I, I find that they're, they're really supportive of, um, of esports once they actually know what it is. Now, how would you suggest that um, generally anybody, students, faculty, uh, parents, it doesn't matter, how would you suggest that, that they go out and um, kind of, kind of teach uh, other students, faculty, and parents about esports and get them to recognize that this is an industry that's starting to take off massively and that it is a huge future for a lot of students that are very talented at it. Uh, let me make sure you're, I'm getting this right away. So how does someone who, how does someone tell someone else about what esports is and how it's positive? Is that kind of what you're yeah. asking? Yeah, okay. uh, specifically more of like a, a, a parent or faculty side. 
Okay, so I think that in order to kind of tell parents and faculty, the big thing is kind of break it down into ways that people understand. Um, so I don't necessarily like to start with, you know, like this is what League of Legends is. It's a 5v5 multiplayer online battle ring. Like none of those words make any sense, right? So, you know, I think I, I, I consider Rocket League like the great bridging game. Yes. It's like a really, it's a great way to bridge between like, like my mom, God bless my mom. She's the sweetest lady ever. And she tries to understand what Hearthstone is to zero avail, but she supports me anyway. But like I could show my mom Rocket League and she'll understand, oh, they're trying to score on each other. It's flying car soccer. And once you, once you kind of show people the, the team aspect of that and how people can grow as team as teammates and, and people, it becomes a lot more legitimate. Once you can kind of relate, relate it to things that people understand already and say, this is good, so that is good, it's kind of easier to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, that it's Rocket League is definitely one of the great bridging esports, like you said. It's one of the few things that um, that you know to use an to use a, an example that I've seen used around everywhere. It's someone that a a someone who can go to a sports bar and sit down and watch with his friends at the sports bar. Mm-hmm. Um, it, now, now keep in mind for for younger viewers that that that's that's a that's just a community thing. But it just take that take take even that that atmosphere out of it. Um, and you can still go to a friend's house and watch a Rocket League game day, the same as you would uh, like a football game. That's something that, that a ton of people could feel like they could get into. Uh, and, and, and kids of all ages can get into, into something like Rocket League. I, I have a, a six-year-old and a 10-year-old, and they're constantly playing Rocket League. You know? mm-hmm. I'm like, keep playing it, man. I, 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 see, I see you know, potential scholarship opportunities <laughs> erupting out of that. So like, keep, keep it going, you know? Absolutely. So um, I kind of want to ask you, uh, I have two more questions for you. The first one is a question that we've asked pretty much every uh, university that we've talked to. Uh, and it's a, it's a really hot button issue in, in collegiate esports right now. And that is, um, I'm going to say four letters to you and you're going to know exactly what I mean, NCAA. Um, so do you feel as though the NCAA should get involved in esports or do you feel as though we're doing well with other organizations uh, unifying bodies such as NACE, Collegiate Star, TESPA, et cetera, et cetera. There are a ton of them right now. Or do you feel as though we don't really need those governing bodies at all and we should leave it up to more of the conference side? So um, I'll kind of start with this and Bill, if you want to jump in after, but like, you know, I don't, I don't see NCAA getting involved in this because it opens up Pandora's box, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, a huge, huge um, thing that a lot of um, um, yeah, that's a huge thing that a lot of people have wind up are going to deal with, you know, when it comes to paying athletes and things like that, because there's a lot of opportunity for, for uh, esport athletes as it, as it stands. So they, they don't really want to kind of get in the way of that. Um, governing bodies like NACE, we're, 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 we're a NACE member institution. <clears throat> and we, um, I, I find tremendous value in, in what they offer um, with the ability for creating competition and everything else. Um, I think that's extremely important. I think that's going to continue. Um, I, I, I think the biggest thing that kind of sets esports behind a little bit in that regard is that there is a lack of those kind of direct competitions um, in, in conferences and things like that. Like we, we compete against, you know, everyone and anyone in between here and, you know, we're in Pennsylvania and California. Like, I mean, everyone and everywhere. Like there's just mm-hmm. no, you know, kind of set competition. We, we are a member of ECAC as well, which is a, a, a conference that does. So that kind of allows us to have a little bit more close-knit competition 
Um, but they're, you know, and, and they, they did a great job this spring. And unfortunately, another season cut short with everything. But um, I think that's where, where you're going to see a lot of, of improvement once, once there's some um, ability to create those, those conferences and those divisions and those kind of rivalries that the NCAA is kind of famous for at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't see them kind of stepping in, into that. I think, mean, again, it's just the mm-hmm. box, Hornets Nest kind of territory. Yeah. A lot of the big arguments we've heard is like amateurism. Uh, that that that's a big question in in the esports scene because students, you know, I know collegiate streamers that that make you know thousand two thousand dollars a month just streaming, and that's basically what they do for a living. So, is that is that still amateur? Is that a business? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you see down. you see things changing with the NCAA like every day now. Like apparently, players can make money off their image and likeness and stuff. And maybe if they maybe that's the beginning of the NCAA being like, okay, maybe we can get involved in this. I think eventually they're going to want their hands in it, but I think um, I'm not super like, I, I think I agree with Tim in the sense that a, an organized structure is really important for esports, And um, I'd love to see these rivalries start forming, but like we play USC Sumter tonight, all the way in California. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. We play them in a couple hours. Um, it's just, it's like anywhere and everywhere. We're always ready to go, but like it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see what the NCAA does. Cause I think eventually they're going to want their hands in it, but it's just going to be a matter of if they're willing to, uh, I mean, I'm sure the NCAA is going to want their hands in it. The question is, are they going to be able yeah. to do it under the current guidelines? Right. They're going to have to change something. I think mm-hmm. it's too I established. Think, I don't know. Who knows? I think the hardest thing about the, the idea of esports within that is that, um, and this is what I was kind of going for when I was talking a little earlier, is just like the, there's a big difference between traditional sports and, and esports, right? Traditional sports, they schedule their, their competitions well in advance. They have, you know, current schedules or schedules that they can rely on and ours come out like the week of, and it's, and, and, and that's where there's some, there's some issues that we want to kind of run into with like, Oh, well, who are you playing this week? Well, I'll find out on Monday. Like, right. That's when, <laughs> that's when the, the competition schedule is released or that's when, that's when the seedings match up or whatever. And it, it, it's, that's where you kind of get the, you know, the, the divide between the traditional athletics and the, the, the esports. Uh, right. I got, I got something. Um, I understand that tournament organizers love Swiss and it's great for like, um, you, you know, competitive throughout. It's Define great, tournament right? organizers. <laughs> so so the, the leagues that we've been a part of, like a, a lot of them cater towards Swiss. And it's great because every week you're getting a good level of competition. You know, if you're 0-2, you'll face someone that's 0-2. It's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. But from a, for our sake, like from an athletic, from relaying to athletic standpoint, that answer of, I don't know, we'll find out on Monday. Like, it's just tough to give every week. It's like mm-hmm. not super. I think, I think eventually like it'll have to switch to like a, like a pre-release schedule and then kind of like from there. I don't know when. I don't care. I'll keep playing Swiss, but given that answer every week, it's kind of tough, you know, Mm -hmm. for sustainability, I think. That's an interesting uh, uh, point that you brought up that we haven't really heard from any of the universities is that scheduling aspect where I can imagine that there are a number of other challenges that that you run into that are tangential to that, like marketing. How do you market like, like, Hey, we're playing against somebody this week who, I don't know. It might be a rival. It might be someone else. We have no clue. Tune in on X day to see us play whoever. It I looks, can imagine it's it, it's horrible for marketing and stuff like that. It yeah, looks so be, funny. We could be playing, you know, ABC University 
you know, which no one really knows about, or we could be playing UCLA, right? Which is yeah. a huge change in, 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 the, in the optics of, of, of a potential match that people might want to tune in for. Yeah. We have, that's a, we have scheduling on our board in the, in the dining hall area, and it'll mm-hmm. say all the athletics matchups for the week, and it'll be like, you know, baseball versus this school, swimming versus this school, blah, 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 and then it's just esports versus to be determined, esports versus to be determined, because we just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, it, we want to put that up there, and we want to, you know, right along with the other athletics, but it just looks silly when it's like six in a row. We don't even e-sport, know either. Esports versus we don't know either. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> whoever, whoever steps up to play, we're playing and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's so, like so we're running into time here. I'd love to keep talking with you guys, but I have to leave you on one final question. And that is, if you were going to give any advice to a high school, middle school student who wants to propel and, and move into a career in esports, uh, how would you suggest they go about starting that? And how would you suggest they go about defending that to those who might uh, try to um, be, you know, anti uh, esports in general? So I'll start. I can start with the how they get involved. Like, get your get your stuff out there. Start start um, kind of broadcasting. Start where you can. Recording your 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 best matches. Whatever you want to do, and get on sites like Be Recruited or things like that. That will get uh, us information and get us that 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 kind of um, understanding of, of where you're coming from. That's that's kind of how we get a lot of our um, student athletes. I mean, we get a, you know with some through uh, you know just general understanding of, hey, you know, I'm interested in Arcadia, but we get a lot through these sites like Be Recruited to, that, that are interested in playing. And that's, that allows us to kind of see um, who they, who they are and, and who they're, you know, what, what games they're involved in and things like that. So Bill, I don't know if you want to kind of touch a little bit more on the other part of that. Yeah. So for me, the other part of that is really big too. If you have to be really, like if, you, if you're pursuing this at a really high level, you have to be really focused on making sure that everything else in your life is also at that high level. Because if anything starts to slip, you know, your parents, your friends that doubt you, they're going to start blaming the esports side of it. And you just can't give any reason for that excuse to, to exist. Like if, if you have a 3.9 GPA and you're working out every day and you're eating good and you're feeling good, but you're gaming a couple hours at night, no one can tell you, like, you know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But if something starts to slip, you know, especially from us, if we see low GPAs, we're you know, I'm importing people from, you know, sites like Be Recruited. And I, if I see a low GPA, I'm out already. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you didn't make it in high school, it's going to be really tough to make it in college. So it's the same thing as any other sport. You got to keep it really balanced. And that's what's key. But also focus on you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much for coming out and talking to us today and appearing on SpinCast. Great to have you. Uh, before you go, please, if you would kindly rep yourselves and rep Arcadia Esports, tell us where we can find you. We are, yeah, we're, go, or, uh, I'm sorry, what, Bill? Go, Tim, go. Oh, uh, ArcadianKnights.com um, is our, our athletic website. Uh, that's one, one uh, place you can go. You can find us on Twitter at um, Arcadia Esports. Esports, Esports Arcadia. Come on, Tim. Esports Arcadia <laughs> and, and Instagram there as well. Um, yeah, those are, the, those are the two big areas. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for appearing on SpinCast. And thank you all so much for coming out and watching us. Just remember, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay plugged in.